Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. Piled on risks, hid losses, degraded risk limits, manipulated risk models, dodged oversights, and misinformed the public. We've got that story. Plus, the Taos compound finally goes to trial. But first, Canada forces podcast platforms to register with the government. Grabbing this from ReclaimTheNet.org, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission. It's easier to say CRTC. Just revealed new draconian regulations requiring all digital platforms that transmit audio or visual content and meet certain earnings benchmarks to register with the government agency before the end of November. The website, they're counting it down, they're warning you. This new set of rules symbolizes a further restriction on free speech and an encroachment on the principle of internet openness, turning the digital world into an area under government watch, as if maybe it hasn't always been that from the beginning when DARPA created it for us. Under these newly released regulations, a myriad of online platforms from streaming services to social media and even subscription-based television will be brought under the governmental umbrella if they meet a certain revenue threshold in Canada. Meaning, can we make a bunch of money off of you? Traditional radio stations and podcast services that live stream online will not escape the regulatory requirement either. However, platforms generating, quote, less than $10 million in annual broadcasting revenues in Canada, along with video games and audiobook services, will not be subjected to this rule. They came for the big boys, and I didn't protest because I wasn't a big boy. This new policy unveiled by CRTC is part of the agency's implementation of the Controversial Online Streaming Act that also forces private online media companies like Netflix to financially contribute to Canadian content. The legislation, a.k.a. Bill C-11, sparked heated debate when it suggested that user-generated content would come under the control of CRTC, although the authorities reassured that content managed primarily by social media creators would be spared, the remaining part of the digital world is beginning to feel a heavy governmental hand. We'll link right to the horse's mouth, CRTC, modernizing the broadcast system. What? Yes, this is the same Canadian government that recently hosted and praised a Nazi that they had in as a guest of Parliament, James. I think it was the previous episode of New World Next Week where I said, hey, wait till the kids find out about Project Paperclip. So, James, will this save people's fragile little minds from accidentally hearing a clip of Russell Brand? Presumably. Um, more to the point, will it save them from hearing a clip of James Evan Pilato or James Corbett? And that's where this is going, as we all know. It's just a question of how they get there and how they introduce it to the public. But man, James, I gotta say, I look, I wake up every morning looking forward to hearing about what wonderful news is coming out of my home and native land, the true north, strong and free. Oh, wait, no, I don't. I dread every morning waking up to whatever news is coming out of the fake north, uh, weak and enslaved. And this news is, unfortunately, increasingly unsurprising these days, isn't it? Um, What with all the debanking and the applauding of Ukrainian well, Nazi war criminals and all of the other craziness. Hey, let's let's add another layer of craziness. Uh, just in the past few days, it came out. Um, documents reveal the Liberals' climate change department paid the World Economic Forum about half a million dollars to produce a report that made an economic case for their environmental agenda. So just more more confirmation of what we already knew, that the Canadian government is absolutely in the uh, back pocket of the World Economic Forum, as Klaus Schwab likes to brag. So perhaps no surprise that they're going to be the test 
case for this particular brand of censorship. And it is an interesting style of censorship that is coming along um, that will it just involve regulation. It's just about regulating the podcast space, guys. And you will note, I'm sure, James, you have seen this, and I'm sure people in the audience have probably picked up on it. Over the past few years, as the censorship uh, on YouTube and Insta and whatever has cracked down, there's always been that cry that people make from time to time. But what about the podcasts? Podcasts are this big, unregulated space where we don't have the ability to crack down in quite the same way. So the Canadian government licks its chops and says, okay, let us get in on that. And so they're going to try to do this. But don't worry, guys. It's only for the streaming services that make $10 million of revenue or more in Canada. And so it doesn't apply to mom and pop with their little website, right? Right? Hmm. Well, we'll see about that, and we'll see how long the rules stay these particular rules. Just like the income tax was just for World War One, guys. It'll be over any day now. <laughs> yeah, right. We know how that goes. So, yes, um, a- a- again, unfortunately, this is just following on from the uh, online censorship bill that passed recently in Canada, and this is just another aspect of that. So we will continue to see this unfold in various ways. I find it hilarious that the CRTC, that every Canadian will be well familiar with and has been responsible for giving us all that wonderful Canadian content. We wouldn't have 5440 and the Gandharvas and whoever else if it weren't for the the forced radio play of Canadian content, right? Um, But yeah, welcome to the 21st century, guys. And uh uh-oh, now that they realize they're in the 21st century, they're coming after the online media. So um, this is just the the thin edge of that wedge. Um, Now, one thing I will ask the audience for for a little help on. I have seen it reported that this apparently means that these streaming services will have to give up subscriber information, and it is, I think, being inferred that that means actual names or email addresses or some sort of information about the subscribers to these streaming services. I'm looking through the actual order itself. I'm looking at the page they have for the um, the, uh, the, the registration. I, I, I don't see any of that kind of information embedded in there. I don't think they're asking for that level of detail. But if I'm wrong about that, please point out the actual part of the order where it says they're going to be asking for individual subscribers' names or email addresses or information or what have you. Because that, of course, would be a huge red flag. But even if it isn't about that, even if it's just about getting these services to register, we know where this is going. It's not about, I'm sure it will also be about, you know, mandatory, however much percentage of Canadian content, but it will also be about, uh-oh, you know, this person said criminal wrong think over here. Some This person isn't going along with the agenda over there. They can't be on your platform anymore. And the CRTC will step in to make that so. So I think, I think we all know where this is going. I am Deeply ashamed, once again, that it is Canada that is at the forefront of this. But at any rate, canary in the coal mine, we'll get to see how this uh, plays out in Canada and whether people will accept it. But one tiny glimmer, tiny glimmer of ray of hope of something positive, maybe, coming out of Canada. Not unmitigated good news, but something. Uh, Conservatives introduce bill to stop liberals' euthanasia expansion. Because we all remember, as we covered on New World Next Week, made the medical assistance in dying, which is all the rage in Canada, making Canada, I think, the largest organ donor for freshly euthanized people in the world. Um, well, apparently there's a new bill that's being tabled that will um, plans to stop the practice of offering euthanasia to uh, Canadians whose sole underlying condition is a mental illness. So, um, not quite far enough, but uh, hey, at least... Kind of a step in the right direction. We'll see if this bill even gets passed. Not holding my breath, unfortunately. Canadians, 
you have my sympathy. Get out while you still can? I don't know. Question mark. While I don't doubt that they would want the subscriber numbers and would even lie about getting them, I feel like what I had seen in doing the prep for this show is that they want it for just all the employees of these companies that are going to have to have to register. James, we were talking off mic, it was, you know, whatever, these purges come every, you know, come along every few years, right around, usually around an election year. But a few years ago, it was... I just heard what Jordan Peterson and Alex Jones are, and it's good that they got knocked off of the platforms. That that was heard by some of my wife's young coworkers. Um, I've worried and speculated that places like iTunes, you know, iTunes would be one of the biggie, biggie, biggies because they're the arbiter of podcast. You couldn't possibly subscribe to an RSS feed and get a podcast directly from Media Monarchy. You've got to go through international gangsters to get your podcast. I'm surprised they don't scan every single thing that goes up. Again, if YouTube can tell a poster or a projection that's in your movie is from some other video, they'll flag it. I'm pretty sure they could probably do that to a podcast that's just talking. So when's that going to roll out to Patreon and iTunes? Anytime now, I would speculate. Also, Russell Brand, if you're watching out there, I'm just joshing you. If you hit me up, we can talk about Morrissey sometime. That's how we get going on New World Next Week, episode 531. And those, yeah, aforementioned Nazis. And yes, try texting your Alexa friend who, again, rah, 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 votes for all of this. Is like, hey, your Nazis are in Canadian Parliament. And, and listen, of course, for the crickets to not be replied to. Where did those Nazis get all their funding? Oh, that's right, the Western Banking Empire. Five-count felon J.P. Morgan Chase gets hit with another federal fine for 40 million derivative violations and pays 37.5 cents per violation. Grabbing this from Wall Street on Parade, and again, everything we say always included down in your show notes in the eyes of Wall Street veterans paying close attention to what's going on at the mega banks on Wall Street. Federal regulators, as generally is done by the government... They're making things worse and not better. The federal fines for egregious behavior at these banks are getting smaller and more meaningless by the day. Take, for example, what just happened last week. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, don't confuse it with that previous acronym in the first story, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission fined three of the largest trading houses on Wall Street a combined $53 million for derivative reporting violations. That's like some movie budgets, basically. Those trading houses were units of Goldman Sachs, a.k.a. the Obama-Biden cabinet, Bank of America, and, of course, J.P. Morgan Chase. But what was particularly tone-deaf about the CFTC settlement with J.P. Morgan Chase was the tiny amount of the monetary fine and the praise heaped on the five-count felon bank for its cooperation with the federal regulator. According to the CFTC, over a period of five years, 2017 to 22, J.P. Morgan Chase and two of its units failed to report or failed to correctly report more than 40 million swap transactions. The fine was a pathetic $15 million in total for the three J.P. Morgan units, meaning it cost this global behemoth 37.5 cents per violation. Last year, J.P. Morgan Chase reported $37.7 billion in net income. Not gross, net income. A fine of $15 million for $40 million violations of law, something that traders will make jokes about at the water cooler. 
So this is, this is the same bank that the chair of the Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations a decade ago, the late Senator Carl Levin, said they piled on risk, hid losses, dam- disregarded risk limits, manipulated risk models, dodged oversight, and misinformed the public. In somehow even more disgusting news, James, J.P. Morgan settles the Epstein case for 75 milli, avoiding a pesky trial, which would have put a lot of things on the record. J.P. Morgan Chase agreed to pay the Virgin Islands a scant $75 million to settle a lawsuit, alleging the bank knowingly aided Jeffrey Epstein's underage sex trafficking operation, ending a legal battle that exposed all sorts of embarrassing ties between the bank and the dead pedophile. The settlement was reached one month before the sides were scheduled to go to trial in Manhattan, where the U.S. Virgin Islands sought $190 million from the bank. J.P. Morgan, of course, as part of the whole sweet deal, admitted no wrongdoing in the settlement. And earlier this month, we learned that J.P. Morgan flagged over $1 billion in suspicious transactions linked to Epstein, which they claimed to have reported to the U.S. government. That's $1 billion they claimed to have reported, James. Yeah, um, this story tells the the real story of what is happening here. And as I have given the hats off to Pam and Russ Martins at Wall Street on Parade, and I've directed people in the past to their reporting on, say, the uh, J.P. Morgan Epstein scandal. They've been doing great work on that and on other financial matters, and here they are again reporting on this. So good on them. But having said that, you have to run all their articles through the progressive filter, whereby the overall tone or the idea of these types of articles is, oh my God, look at these dumb regulators. Don't they understand that $15 million of fine on $37.7 billion of net income is just a slap on the wrist? Wow, it's like the regulators aren't doing their job properly. No, no, that isn't the case. The regulators are doing their job exactly as they are supposed to. That is exactly what government regulation is there for. That is why it was set up in the first place, and that is exactly how it is supposed to operate. This is not about actually punishing the big banks. It's about rewarding them, making sure that they have their place in the oligopoly at the very, very top of this power pyramid, and that any would-be competitors will never get close. Because, yeah, $15 million fine for J.P. Morgan is nothing, absolutely not even a drop in the bucket. But for a little tiny state or regional or even a local bank, community bank, absolutely, that would be probably bankruptcy. Um, in in a case like that. So this is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. The big boys can play around and they'll get the little token slap on the wrist, but anyone who's trying to break into that oligopoly will never even get close. That is what regulation is for. That is what it is about. It is operating exactly as they want it to. This is government regulation. So for people who haven't gotten that through their thick skull yet, (laughs) I will recommend, not for the first time and not for the last, my Film Literature and the New World Order number 35 on Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, talking about the regulators stepping in to save food and drug with the what became the FDA. And we all know how well that turned out. Or my episode 227 on the regulation trap, talking about this type of financial regulation and how it actually operates. And the criminals, the literal criminals, takes one to no, to no one that were instituted at the head of the SEC. And what was, what was his name again? Oh, right, Kennedy. Hmm, interesting how this all circles back. But anyway, 
This is it. This is how regulation is supposed to work. So let's let's drop the act. Let's not pretend to be surprised when these big mega banks get their slap on the wrist. That is exactly what is supposed to happen. Meanwhile, in reality, for you and you, you people like yourself, people like myself, people out there in the audience have probably had the experience of trying to just withdraw some cash from their own bank account. They have to go through 18 different hoops and do all these forms and what are you using this cash for and all of this. Meanwhile, Epstein slinging around a billion dollars anywhere, willy-nilly to anyone, and the bank just lets it go. Hmm. It's Again, it's almost like this is the way the system is meant to operate. And I think a fundamental part of this is getting the people to scream for, we need more regulation. Please save us from what's happening on the streets. Please save us from what's... Again, it's the dialectic. Every time they give us the problem, so we'll react and they can offer the solution. And yeah, it's not a bug. It is a feature. Speaking of agents of the state, James, it was just a few months after we had moved here in New Mexico. And the very weekend, we were at a music festival in Taos, New Mexico, right nearby the crime scene, apparently. The very strange case of the Taos compound has now suddenly, finally gone to trial after they've had the perps hold up down in Crimekirky with the FBI for the last five years, I assume getting getting all their stories straight. Teen testifies about boy's death, firearms training, at Taos Compound. With his hand placed on his son's neck, Siraj ibn Wahaj recited verses of the Quran as part of a ritual meant to rid the toddler of evil spirits that Wahaj and members of his extended family believed were causing the boy's ailments. The ritual, known as Rukva, had been done countless times on the boy, but this time was different. It ended with the child foaming from the mouth until he stopped breathing. There were no calls to 911 or attempts to rush him to the nearest hospital, nor was he given any medications on that December day in 2017 at a remote desert encampment in northern New Mexico. Details about the last moments of Abdul Ghani Wahaj's life were laid out in testimony last Wednesday, September 27th, in a trial that centers on accusations of kidnapping and terrorism. The boy's father and three other family members, including two of his aunts, were charged following an August 2018 raid of a squalid compound near the Colorado state line as authorities searched for the three-year-old boy who had been taken from Georgia without his mother's permission. The defendants were living with their 11 hungry children, no running water at the encampment, which was encircled by berms of tires, which is kind of the style here, with adjacent shooting range, of course, where guns and ammunition were seized. We talked about this, James. I'll include all the links to our original coverage on this story five years ago. NBC News reporter Gotti Schwartz was allowed to get all up in the scene and, hey, look at this, and opening drawers and an active crime investigation. They allowed him to root through everything. Prosecutors presented evidence that Siraj Ibn Wahaj and his partner Janie Lavelle, a Haitian national, took Abdul Ghani to resettle in New Mexico where they performed prayer rituals on the boy and other children. Lavelle was initially charged with kidnapping and terrorism charges, but she agreed to accept a reduced sentence on weapons charges. She's not appeared at the trial. Siraj Ibn Wahaj, along with his sisters, Hujra and Subhana, and the latter's husband, Luke Morton, were charged with conspiracy to commit an offense against the United States, among other accounts. Morton and Siraj Abin were also charged with conspiracy to kill U.S. government personnel, which they never did. Thanks for nothing. Kidding. Media monarchies for inter- entertainment purposes only. No one was charged in the boy's death because the body was too badly decomposed to determine how he died. I've since edited out the more gnarlier portions of this. Lavelle's son who was 13 at the time, and this was the thing that struck me when I saw this had gone to trial, 
oh, this dude's a teenager. That means no footage, no recordings. I don't even think we're getting courtroom sketches. I assume he's 18 now. Is that why they waited? Alec Baldwin could not be reached for comment. Lavelle's son, who was 13 at the time, was asked by prosecutors about the moments before the boy died, the family's journey to New Mexico, and the prophecy that his mother had relayed to the group that the boy would be resurrected as Jesus Christ and an army they hoped to recruit would rid the world of non-believers. Exorcisms and Jesus? Could they be any more Muslim? James, this one, this one really never made much sense to me, man. It always struck me as like a patsy training camp that was maybe busted too soon, busted by the dude complaining that there's all these weirdos squatting on my property. Are you ever going to do something about it? I've called you tons of times. Abduction terrorism trial after boy found dead at New Mexico compound. This place is really the Wild West, though, James. This is, this is where Billy the Kid did his work. We're still arguing over statues down here. Someone was shot at a protest last week in my county. It looks like some kid put his, put his MAGA costume on. Espanola statue protest shooting suspect investigated by FBI over threatening tweets. Federal agents investigated now deleted social media posts by 23-year-old Ryan Martinez that included, of course, threats against the Federal Reserve. Greetings, fellow extremists. I, I'm ever so Trump supporter. Our governor, Wuhan Luhan, was pardoning gangsters during COOF. You've heard about all the governors. Oh, our prisons are so overcrowded, so I need to let out gangbangers and felons and rapists. It seems like, again, the justice system plays a huge role in this, James. Like it's a patsy laundering operation. And you just said, this is their job. They are performing their function for this larger scheme. If I didn't know better, James, I'd say... Derp State seems like they're planning to make New Mexico like a bigger starring role in the, you know, the organized chaos for next year's The Purge election year. There's still more. Still more. In the middle of the FEMA phone PSYOP drill today, this happened. No threat at Farmington, New Mexico High School amid automated lockdown. It's another weird one still developing, but it sounds like the FEMA drill test tone set off the school's lockdown technology. But this is what I'm saying. There seems to be a confluence of drills and exercises, and I think they're maybe just getting geared up. James? Uh, potentially. Unfortunately, quite right. Well, for the Taos uh, terror trial shenanigans, I will just direct people to the Media Monarchy stream, where I'm sure you'll be keeping your eye on it with the front row seat there. But, um, yeah, with regards to the lockdowns and uh, drills and exercises, you know, uh, from what I understand from all of these alt-media interlopers, uh, this was going to be the end of the world that was supposed to happen. Um, we're recording this. As we're recording this, it's still the fourth on your side. So can you tell us, has the world ended for you? Are you in your nuclear bunker right now? No. Uh, they've already, of course, nuked the hell out of this place <laughs> 70 yeah. years ago. Um, I, James, honestly... I. I this, I think, is another classic setup, whether invented for this purpose or not. It's being used to make conspiracy people look stupid. Oh, I didn't get my, I didn't get my Marburg virus update and blast my brain. Th it, again, I think James is, I was saying on my shows today, we're talking about people who won't even take our advice to not eat garbage GMO pharma fast food. Do you think they're going to listen to us when we talk about a confluence of multi-drills and war games being used to combat false flag terror? 
You know, someone should make a list of all of the failed predictions of the so-called alternative media and how that has probably turned off a lot of people from real alternative media over the years because, oh, you were talking about that crazy stuff that never happened. And anyway, um, that would be an interesting list. Someone was just reminding me the other day of that FEMA exercise that took place several years ago where, remember, Walmart was going to be detention camps and it's going down and all of this. I don't even remember what that was called at this point, but it was all the rage. Anyway, that being said... um, craziness. And as I say, I hope people will tune into uh, Media Monarchy for more updates on the Taos trial. And that's, I mean, the crazy thing too is we know these things are real and we know these things could happen. It kind of seems like my federal government is still planning to use Rex 84 and continuity of government to overthrow my constitution because of whatever they might say. Again, and that's, again, this is real stuff, documented. We can talk about it. It's on the record. We can point to documents, but people want to speculate about that thing that's definitely going to happen tomorrow, guys, and you better be prepared for it. Oh, it didn't happen? Oh. Well, never listen to the alt media again. Yep. Yep. And, and again, they probably stopped listening after we spoke against their, their wonderful MAGA jabs. That is New World Next Week, episode 531. In closing, we do have a few more bundles left of the Corber Report. USB flash drives. That's 2007 all the way to 2012. That is the five flash drives we have available all put together in a bundle, and it'll actually save people a bit of a discount on there as well. But like I say, there's only a few bundles left because we can only sell bundles if we have all of them, and I think we're getting a little low on the 07, 08s, but those are being reordered, I believe, as we speak, James. I also want to highlight the music compilations that I got. I want to highlight actually the eclectic edition of the music compilations that I have up on newworldnextweek.com. Again, 24 24 hours a day of hand-picked episodes of my long-running music show. James, call it Pump Up the Volume. Each day of the week has a different genre. Thursday I call eclectic, and this has got soul and jazz and soundtracks and throwbacks, but the main reason I'm kind of highlighting is that it's October, and I included a couple of Halloween episodes on the eclectic Pump Up the Volume compilation. So all kinds of cool Halloween music that you've never heard that you might want to add to your own party playlists, and because it's never too early, there's some Christmas episodes on there as well. We, of course, have our post office box in northern New Mexico to send your analog support to New World next week. Again, please include an email if you're trying to become a member, like you want to log in and be able to comment and do all that stuff. And remember, I premiere the audio of these very New World Next Week episodes before they're published anywhere after my Thursday morning monarchy, mediamonarchy.com slash listen. I've been doing it since September 11th, 2005. And James, it just hit me. It's going to be our 14th New World Next Week birthday. Been doing it since October 2009. Totally slipped my mind. Well, all right. We'll have to keep our eye on that. And anyway, uh, thanks for the updates, James. I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. As always, my friend. Thank you. Take care. Take care.